Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the weekly extra show where we discuss whatever big topics have been on our mind this week, but in a bite-sized chunk. I'm Connor Pope and I'm joined by my colleague, Progress Deputy Director, Stephanie Lloyd. Let's start with a confession. Mm. On Tuesday's show, Alison McGovern said that the attempt by Tory MPs to get rid of Theresa May was over, had run out of steam, was dead, it was an ex-plot. I suggested that she was invoking Sod's Law uh, by saying that. <laughs> you did panic somewhat. Uh, and, and that we, the likelihood was now that May would be out on her backside by the time the episode went out, making us look helplessly out of date. Mm. Mia Culpa. Still she, there. She's still there. And in fact, it looks like she's going to be in place for quite a while at least. Um, what went wrong with the, the plot, do you think? Well, Stuff. apparently they couldn't count to 48. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know... Yeah. Even for the brightest, it's not that tricky. I mean, they absolutely kind of, you know, bolted before the... I've forgotten the expression. This is going to be a rubbish expression anyway, but it's fine. But no, they clearly they clearly kind of, you know, they, they bolted. But what is the expression? I, th- I think the one you're looking for is uh, bolting the door after the... No, yeah, bolting the door after the horse has left. Something like that. Sure. Anyway, Close, clearly. Closing, closing the stable door. This is what you come to this podcast for. Expressions that no one can remember. <laughs> But no, anyway, so they clearly they clearly got overly excited before they had any actual ability to know that 48 people would follow them. But I think one of the biggest things is I think they absolutely underestimated the importance that loyalty is to Tory party members and MPs. You know, it's one of those things that they hold so dearly as part of their like DNA of their politics in terms mm. of that loyalty. So if they were going to topple her, there really had to be a good reason to be able to do that. And I think people are still in the situation where they think that they will be able to get her to move on the deal before they make mm. her leave. But also we've seen Labour ahead in the polls by more than I think they've been for the last couple of years, for sure. We've seen mm. some seven or eight points ahead. They're not going to want to risk the destabilisation that toppling her would cause. They don't want to risk another general election. They know that the timings of when they would do another leadership contest is no obvious winner. So you would, I mean, it could literally be months before they were to get a new leader in terms of the way the Tory system works. How every Tuesday and every Thursday they'd have to go to those votes until it's whittled down to two. But there could quite easily be 14 of them that would put their name forward. So, I mean, that's a lengthy period in and of itself. 
I just think with the clock ticking, it's not really in their DNA to do that in a lot of ways. And with no obvious person to kind of come through, I just don't think that they've, I think far too many of them at the end of the day when there might come a time where this is important, but mm. they, the time wasn't then. There was an interesting article by William Haig in the Telegraph on Tuesday, actually, where, you know, basically he made the argument against changing the leader um, and went through what the kind of the logic tree, which mm. Tories seem to love the idea of logic trees and use it to make all of their political decisions. But he <laughs> he uh, he set out the, his they, kind of logic tree. So they privatise the forests, but they love a logic tree. <laughs> sure. And um, he came to the conclusion that uh, a likelihood of um, changing the leader at this mm. point would be that you would end up with Jeremy Corbyn as Prime Minister mm. and a second referendum happening, mm. um, which I thought was interesting. And um, I imagine had got a bit of sway in the party in the days before that. What I thought was really interesting about this whole uh, attempted coup was that it showed how little influence Jacob Rees-Mogg has within yeah. the Tory parliamentarians because he is seen as such an influential senior Tory MP and that's why he gets all of this media coverage, or certainly that's what used to justify the media coverage. But in fact, he did the really big intervention late last week saying that he was putting his letter in. He said that in that House of Commons. And once that had happened, you kind of expected to see a lot of others follow. And um, it just didn't happen. And it just then you kind of come to the conclusion that He's not really a senior influential Tory MP. He's just a media rent gob. And just, yeah. He's, but he's posh. He's, right? Exactly. And he's so divisive. He has, remar- he has, you know, the most ludicrous suits I've ever seen in my life. But <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's the thing. It was just, I think he really believed his own hype in a lot of ways in terms of like the media circus that surrounds him. But actually at the end of the day, I mean, there was, there were, there were a good number of Tories who have literally gone on the record to be like, we would not be in this party if that man was the leader. Mm. Like, I just think, you know, he certainly had no ability to kind of bring other people with him, um, which at least, you know, might mean that he won't be prime minister, which means we can all breathe a sigh of relief because that was worrying at one point. But as as well as the Tory rebels um, having terrible planning, uh, the leadership still seems to be stuck in that position as well. Um, plans, government plans have been revealed this week to, in order to get its withdrawal agreement through Parliament, uh, their plan is that after it gets voted down initially in Parliament, the Tory leadership genuinely hopes that the ensuing market panic tanks the pound and spooks conservative backbenchers into backing the deal at the second time of asking. So the government's own plan is to crash the economy. It seems utterly remarkable. It is remarkable. Oh, it's actually it's it's disgusting and it's it shows just how awful they are at politics now in this sense. They have no like Theresa May's team has no ability to build consensus. And that's the bit where I was like, you know, there's a level of resilience that is just remarkable to see and watch. And obviously today she did, so we're doing this Thursday, she did her statement, which again was just another total piece of political theatre. Like there was nothing new in that. She's added some more pages of, you know, wonderful fantasy and wouldn't it be nice if we had this? Um but there's no there's no meaning to any of it. There's no substance to any of it. And it just shows, I think, you know, it just really shows how poor the political debate is in this country, that the best way that she can think of bringing people with her is tanking the economy and really damaging the people of this country and making everybody poorer because she has no ability to negotiate. Like, how is this the situation that we've got ourselves into politically? It's just ludicrous. And I kind of, there's a part of me that just kind of wants to walk around and like sit them all in a room and just tell them off and be like, 
can you please all just behave and grow up a bit? But it is terrifying and it is it is that point where I think it's going, like, they're just looking for whatever can break the deadlock. I think this actually... It now, could do it, though. Now I, now I think about it, this this is... This is a kind of like clearly an extension of their logic trees, isn't it? They sit down and they go, what will be the result of this option? What will be yeah. the result of this option? And so someone has to sit around the table and go, so if our plan goes well, the economy crashes for a bit. Mm. Like, that is bizarre. Like, yeah. Why would you ever... Strong and stable. But also, strong and stable with the economy. Strong. But also the fact, that, the fact that this has now got out, it was in the Sunday Times yeah. over the weekend. Robert Paston from ITV also mm. reported it later in the week um the fact that we know about this now um to kind of seems to surely ruin a lot of the positives that would have the idea that you get positives out of it anyway but but ruin that because this this is literally what they want to happen um and it's this kind of thing that i think does the guardian has been doing a lot of work about populism this week and covering what that is and, and how it comes about i think a lot of it comes about because there is a belief uh, which is spurred on by populist politicians who say that when things are not going well it's not just because someone has made a mistake that that something bad has happened along the way it's it's the belief that somewhere somewhere someone is working behind the scenes to ensure that you can't do better to ensure that you become worse off and that is that is literally their modus operandi and so when the government is revealed to have secret plans that literally will make us all poorer, then that kind of feeling is clearly going to get stronger because that just reinforces that belief, doesn't it? I think this is a really dangerous route to be going down. Because well, it, think, well, that's the thing. The whole thing is so dangerous because it just shows, it shows the institution of Parliament's inability to work towards something for the good of the country. And this is the problem when currently all you've got is awful political judgment, no leadership whatsoever, and no clear majority for anything of what's going to go through. And I think that's why over the next couple of weeks, this is going to be absolutely fascinating to watch. And some of us get to watch it slightly more closely than others in the sense that, you know, it's our jobs to know what this is. But the minutiae of some of these things in terms of like when the votes are put down, what order the amendments are going to go in, you know, where that, how, how that shifts the parliamentary arithmetic to at some point, because at some point they will have to make a decision. They cannot at some point just not make any decision. They have to reach some form of consensus. And that's obviously, you know, the government's plans are clearly then to make everybody poorer and scare the living daylights out of everyone to force their deal through. Obviously, there's lots of others and, you know, people that we're supporting in terms of trying to get a people's vote and take this back to the country to be able to ensure that they have the final say on this absolute chaos. But there's got to be something that breaks that deadlock. And it's going to be one of the, it's going to be one of those things that's like the tiniest little thing that seems so insignificant at the time is actually what's going to swing it one way or another for someone. But it's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch in that sense. We are planning to change the way that we cover a lot of this stuff over the next couple of months. We've got some big changes to our podcast output Can I planned. Before we talk about the new podcast stuff, oh, which yeah, is yeah. really exciting, can we talk about my other favourite news story of the week? Yeah, sure. Which is that my football team made the news. It's literally oh, yeah, gone yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, I play along with Alison McGovern, our wonderful chair and uh, normal guest, uh, normal host of this podcast uh, on the women's parliamentary football team. And on Tuesday, we were meant to have our first game against Crawley Old Girls. Uh, but votes were uh, meant to go on late in the evening, so we had to cancel it and then ended up 
um, because the government accepted all of the amendments, another truly remarkable moment. Um, (laughs) They ended up kind of not having to vote, but instead had what basically became a bit of a kickabout in the chamber and some very wonderfully artsy photos, which are fabulous, um, (laughs) of uh, our wonderful parliamentarians in the kit um, playing about and Hannah Bardell particularly doing keepy-uppies in the chamber, which infuriated the speaker. (laughs) And they got solidly told off the next day in the chamber. Um, But it's gone everywhere. Literally, like Hannah was on BBC Breakfast this morning talking about it. It's (laughs) it's in the Times. It's been in everything. It's gone, yeah, it's somewhat spiralled, which is quite funny. I know, it's been in basically every single paper that I've picked up this week, it feels like. And we'll make sure that some links to those news stories uh, or underneath it's some bright. great keepy uppy skills. So. Um, I love I, I love the kits as well. I think they're a great great shade of green. Gr- well, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And to be honest, like I mean, this is the first women's parliamentary team that's ever been because they mm. were banned from playing on the men's team. And to be fair, it was it was in house communications that have really like helped us out and get that off the ground with the Chelsea Foundation. So it's really good fun. And anyone that's interested, um, do get in touch. But right, let's talk. I totally interrupted well, no, no, you no, talking about fine. the new podcast. You've for... got to let us know when when the when the next no. match will be rescheduled for so that uh, myself and other progressive Britain listeners can come and form a, a ultras behind the opposition goal. <laughs> Um, no, okay. I was. Oh, yes, yeah, so I was saying we were looking at making big changes to the podcast output over the next couple of months. This is um, exciting. So we're really looking to hear some listeners' thoughts uh, about what they would like to see. You had changed. a lovely review recently, though, we, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we, we we had a great re- uh, recent review titled "Dull." Um, <laughs> iTunes user Logan Number Nine described the podcast as very dull. Hashtag dull. Um, so if you want to make any similar contributions, please do leave your own review on iTunes. What would you like to see more of on Progressive Britain podcasts? And we'll try and incorporate that into the plans that we have. Pub quiz question on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I asked why November 20th was an important date in the history of the Tory leadership. Steph, do you know the answer? I do. I do know <laughs> this one. Um, so in 1990 was when Michael Hessentine challenged Margaret Thatcher. And the 20th November was actually the date of the election. But she didn't win the first round and therefore was persuaded to withdraw from the second. So she actually handed her resignation in on the 22nd of November. But yeah, pretty big day in Tory party politics. Top, top knowledge. Well done. <laughs> um, Alistair Harding also wrote in, he got that question right. Uh, so congratulations to him. He always gets them right. He's, if we ever have... No more mugs. If we ever do We're it, literally supplying no, his no, whole yeah. house. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we ever get around to doing a pub quiz, I want to be on Alistair's team. We'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about extremism and radicalisation online. If you've got any questions on that, do drop us a line. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.